There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. This is a New World Order. Welcome and good evening. A New World Order is a nation simulator. We use the online nation states, simulatornationstates.net, to run countries, address policies, and spout out all our political know-how, because we know politics. It's true. We know oh, politics. Yes, we do. <laughs> I'm close and personal friends with politics. Yep. <laughs> I know my politics. <laughs> I am here with my two colleagues from across the seas, one dressed in black and the other dressed in black. That's correct. Sort out amongst yourselves I which am, of the two you are. I'm wearing khaki pants. Does that count? <laughs> I'm Chancellor Zane C. Weber, the National Council of Zane Australia. Oh, that's it? Oh, hi. Oh, guys, it's me, Sebastian. <laughs> all of, all of, you, you all have stolen my, with my colleagues from across the sea, one who is and the other yeah. who is. So I've got nothing after it's I say that. That's true. Um, it's me, you're the, the, better, the better one, Sebastian, of the fearsome but approachable World America. Don't you mean Tax America? I think we established that in the last episode. I'm actually the weird middle ground between us. I mean, I'm definitely more towards the Zane side of things. Actually, no, you're like 60%, I'm 30, and you're five. I'm dead set the middle ground. But you're the one Look that's Look at me, pro- Mr. Moderation. But you're the one that's pro-tax. Yeah. Okay, we're all pro-tax. I at least can't recognize wait. the problem my nation has with tax. If your nation has a problem with tax, I have half a problem with tax. Let's be very clear about that. And I am Andy Schossler, the most supreme magnificent overlord of everything you ever saw in the great confederacy of Andropolia. If you haven't listened to this show before, do. The end. <laughs> Welcome to the party. <laughs> Hang on. Here there we is go. 120 episodes for you to catch up on. But I appreciate you picking this one as your, as, your, as your first one. That was a brave choice in a numbered series. You did it, but um, yeah, go back. Well, as a consequence of our episode 100... Uh, aliens have gifted us with the gift of mind swaps. Mm. Every five episodes, we draw randomly who is going to be running each of the nations. Sometimes we have gotten our own. I think Some Zane, have. Zane has drawn Submerica three times in a row now. Zane has won the proverbial lottery. <laughs> that you know you won the lottery because I'm controlling your nation. It's true. The stakes are, virt- are virtually non-existent for Zane <laughs> because I can't do anything worse than what Seb done. Has What's done. he going to do? Improve my nation? <laughs> it's impossible. He to can't be- delete the internet twice. <laughs> so every five episodes is our Patreon episode where we wrap up this. Uh, interim little sub-season of, of uh, particular mind swaps and just generally have a bit of a rant. Your support would be greatly appreciated, but 
not mandatory to listen to the other episodes, of course. No, no, it is actually mandatory. I passed that law <laughs> three episodes ago. <laughs> You're taxed if you don't. Absolutely, <laughs> and taxed at a slightly higher rate than you'd be used to in Australia. Okay, I have an issue. And I've got a solution. Wait, nope. Nope, Andy. <laughs> That's true. That was the last, last one. All right, well, I will, I will definitely just... I'm still listening, guys. Okay, mad peacock disease outbreak. Oh, dear. Tens of thousands of peacocks all over Zane Australia have been found to have contracted the fatal and highly contagious mad peacock disease, destroying livestock and causing widespread panic after evidence that the disease is transmissible to your citizens is mm. released. This is bad news. Four options. Option number one. I'm afraid this is terrible news, says Sierra Bell, my minister of dreaded lurgies. All these animals must be culled at once to prevent contamination of our food stocks and to stop the disease from spreading to citizens. It'll be a bit of a blow for the food industries, what with all their livelihood being destroyed. But it is the only way. That's well, yeah, it's, it, it, it's, it's one evil versus another one. If you don't cull the animals, then the disease will spread. Correct. Unless and you quarantine everybody, which is just as bad, because ugh, then nothing yeah, I mean, gets yeah, done. Like, yeah. Yeah. Option number two. We've got to look at this in the long term, says Ashley Grossman, a rustic farmer. How will we farmers survive when we've got nothing to sell? I'd suggest putting more tax frugals into that whatchamacallit medical research thingy so we can find a cure. Because if we don't, it'll just come round again and we'll all be in the same sticky mess. In the meanwhile... We should just hold a fort, if you know what I mean. Import some peacocks from abroad. No one need to know. Yeah, he has me until the cover-up. <laughs> right, right at the end there. And, um, has an Australian raised peacocks a particular delicacy? You can eat them. So what would be wrong with importing them? them? No, um, so that n no one need to know. Uh, is is that the thing? So we'll just cull the Australian livestock. Yeah. We'll import this, and no one needs to know that there was ever a problem. We'll just pass them off as the Australian livestock. Well, yeah. Do you think it's important that everybody know the minutia of every industry and all the? If they're interested, I think they should be able to find out. Yeah. But should it be announced? That's what that's that's what I think he's saying. Is that it's yeah, not, I think it's so. not necessarily especially if there is a disease that can be transmitted to humans. Um, from this particular pre uh, livestock, mm -hmm. if if there is a chance of that, and people want to do their research, I think they definitely ha have the right to that to be as easily accessible as possible. But he's not suggesting to cover it up. He's merely saying, let's import peacocks and not announce that this thing ever got this close to a to, to a disaster. He's so, not suggesting to never mention it. I think that I think that it implies a cover up. I think the 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 I think that neglecting to inform people is one very small shuffle step away from lying to them. That's true. But mm. then what else do you need to tell them? And if you tell somebody Well hey, literally everything. Like that's ideally Zane Australia is transparent. Hey guys, uh, there was a massive outbreak of bird flu in these peacocks. It, these ones don't have it. So you can continue to eat peacocks because we fixed the problem by importing peacocks. These ones don't have it. Absolutely not. Do you think peacock sales will suffer in any way yes. if you do that? Absolutely. And, and that, unnecessarily and that, and because there I mean. is no problem. Well, how do we he's know not, that there's not a problem? He's not proposing a cover-up where he sells 
dead birds, dead infected birds, as if they hadn't been infected. He's just saying, let's not mention that there was ever an, in, an infestation and, and we'll what replace I'm saying, the birds. If you want the government to do this, the government isn't going to hide the fact of what they're doing for the sake of your profit margins. Okay. Because if people, if people want to be 100% sure that they're not going to get this disease by not eating peacock, they have that right. I sure. Think. Okay. It's, it's their right as a consumer. That's fine. But wouldn't they carry the liability as the, as the suppliers? People will still die. People will still die, but at least they'll be liable for it. So that... Uh, but that's, that's the thing. Like, I, I don't... If, if someone loses a mother to, to mad peacock disease... No, no, I'm not suggesting yeah. that that in any way makes it right. The point of liability is to curtail bad behaviour. Yeah, and I'm saying the government it, is not going to be involved with that okay, sort of behaviour. Right, okay, Yeah. Um, option number three. You can call that an answer to short-term problems. Ask Elmo Myers, a likewise rustic farmer. It can take months and months to find a vaccine, you know. The meat industry will still take a hit, and I just don't have the resources to see me and my kids through this kind of financial upheaval. I reckon the government folks should go ahead with a culling idea and compensate us farmers for our losses. That is a lot cheaper than putting all our money into tests that most likely won't work, don't you think? That's so, true. You don't know what the research is going to uncover. You don't know if there is a cure. So, so basically, cull the stock, pay the farmers, yeah. and hope that doesn't happen again. That's fair. If the government is going to say, we're going to, we're going to cull this, that they should be compensated for it. I don't, I don't see how that is different to option number two, except we don't research a vaccine. Option number two is literally we're replacing your livestock yeah. and researching a vaccine. Option number three is we're not doing a vaccine and we're not replacing your livestock, but we're paying you for the livestock that you lost. But you didn't like number two because it implied a cover-up. Correct. Yeah. I but don't, it's, I but don't... it's, that's also direct action to stop this from happening again. Whereas option number three, like if you miss a couple of animals... That's true. It'll happen again, and but, then you have to do the whole thing again. But number one is proposing... <laughs> The worst of both those. Not Correct. only no research, but also no compensation. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Option number four. Wait a minute, interrupts Kitty Tesla, a querimonious taxpayer. Why do I have to pay a burden because all of these pointless animals are going to die? I suggest you do nothing. Let them die off or just sell them. I mean, it's a bit much when the government starts saying what we can or cannot put in our refrigerators, isn't it? So that's just ignoring a problem yeah, like and hoping l- that it goes let's away? Just let the disease spread as it will. Yeah. Um, that's why... I don't understand. If there, if there is a measles outbreak, you let people know that there's a measles outbreak so they can stop it. If it's just uh, let the animals <laughs> do what they want and keep selling their meat... Yeah, that's not, no. that's not going to ease the burden on public health. Yes. Uh, so, I mean... Option number two is where yep. Zane Australia lies. Um, option number three is is fine, but it's, it's not ideal because I, I feel that you just you're not doing any research into. Well, two two and three are essentially the same. Yeah, but two is an indirect compensation in the form of replacement. Yeah, some sort of longevity. You know, uh, investigating. You know how to avoid this process, or vaccinate against it yeah, in yeah. in the future, or genetically modify against it in for the future. However, um, but both of those revolve around compensation. Number one, 
is just about immediately addressing the public health concern by yeah. culling all it's the... It's just culling the livestock. The so this is the Britain... This is what Britain did with Mad Cow, yeah. is they just got rid of all the livestock and su- farmers had to suck it, basically. Um, well, there, there, were, there were small amounts of compensation, but yeah. it was um, pretty devastating. It, it devastating, but it's a good response as far as public health is concerned of, because of course, yeah. it stopped the, the spread. And you can address compensation and research down the line. That doesn't... Mm. But, but the culling, whether or not it happens, has to be addressed immediately. And um, so option number two, you get the cull, you, the farmers are happy, and you do the research. Yeah. All that is encom- encompassed in that one. So obviously that's going to be the most expensive one. But it comes at the cost of uh, no public mention of ever, or there ever yeah. being a problem. No public acknowledgement, I guess. And that, that, is, I th- that, that is the problem that Zane Australia has with this. Um, however, I, d- I yeah. don't think that's a problem. Well, okay. Well, is that, is that the one you're going for? Is uh, well, uh, yes, yes I, I will go with number two, so you can select it and, and fire it up. But uh, as far as um, announcing that there was nearly a, a, a devastating, awful thing that happened, but we fixed it, I think that just spreads unnecessary panic. I mean, that, that and that's totally fine. Um, it's just who, who gets to make that choice of what information is made public and what information is no, not. I know, I know. But, <coughs> but essentially, if... If one day you are nearly faced with disaster and the next day it's been fixed and there is no disaster anymore, what do you what do you achieve by telling people there was nearly a disaster? Yeah. And and, and it wasn't through somebody's actions that the bird flew it, it just it's a it, it's a natural phenomenon. Act Bless of God. Yeah. <laughs> uh, millions of frugals have been thrown into a project to find the cure for mad peacock disease. Demonstration ends in reasonable discussion and handshakes. Uh, another team builds another deep space exploration rocket and public school scores top honours. Biggest up is public health care at 2.1%. Everything else below 1%. Those include public education, government size, taxation, intelligence, economic output, average income, scientific advancement and pacifism. Biggest down is weaponization. At six point seven percent. Interesting. Interesting. Everything else less than one percent. Those include average disposable income, welfare, agriculture. Agriculture didn't take a big hit here. It was just zero point one nine percent. Maybe the weaponization went down because the farmers no longer have animals to kill. Maybe. And they well, we need replace the animals. Replace the animals. Yeah, but now they don't need to kill them. Yeah. I or guess. at least immediately. But they do need to feed themselves, so they're selling off their guns. Yeah, so cheese exports, <laughs> public transport is down, um, safety and employment. Right. Yeah, That's so um, some weird weird numbers there, but nothing too devastating for Zane Australia. Hey Zane, you like space, don't you? I do. I do like space. Want a space, space issue? Uh, sure. <laughs> it's got orbitable Armageddon. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> um, you, once again, I've not proofed read this one. Are so you I elevating your, your, your sky cities? I hope to, so. To tropospheric cities. Orbital Armageddon, <laughs> it sounds like a space-based weapon. Oh, I'm assuming a meteor was going to come kill us too. Oh. That could work. But I'm not, obviously I've not read it. So, The Space Research Organization in World America has requested more government funding for space-related research and development and possibility of creating orbital weapon platforms yep, has become a topic of intense debate. Wow, yeah, okay, it's not where I saw this one going. You'd be safe in your bunker, even from misfiring. Except... In your cloud cities, that would be pretty prone. <laughs> yeah, they are like our first front shield from space fire. <laughs> General Ed Wiener says, 
We should spend more, but not just on exploration. We should start developing orbitable weapons, space marines, armed spacecraft. We would rule this region and look so cool doing it. Just divert some funding from environmental protection and bam, sci-fi goodies. Ooh, that's gonna shock you, I'm against that option. <laughs> um, really, I, you're against spending money? No, I'm against taking the money from environmental protections to spend money on a space force. Ah, you um, want a new tax to fund correct. the orbitals. <laughs> 100% yes. But Sam, there has been nukes being thrown around. That's true, it's you no longer need, safe. It's you, a dangerous you world. You need to build up your defenses. Yeah. I, well, I'm still no military, so I feel pretty safe. No, oh. no one to misfire a gun in, in this town. I pray for a situation where you are running Andropolia and they are in direct conflict with Sub-America. We would never never allow that. (laughs) Noted scientist and pacifist writer Kim Dodinas. Dodinas? Yeah, sure. Thinks otherwise. No! Space is a place for peace. It's the only place left we've got that we haven't screwed up. Oh, and the space program still needs funding. Don't get me wrong, but none of this military stuff in space will do. We ought to divert funding from the military to education and space research instead. Without even reading the third and final option, I'm a big, I'm really behind that one. Wait, what's, you're against taking money out of environmentalism, but yep. you're for taking money out of the military? I'm actually confused as to what money Which out of the military. Which you have cut down I believe quite you substantially. have a negative military yeah. score. Yeah, I want to see how low we can go. <laughs> Final option. Fringe group leader Randy Lee disagrees. Space is a total waste of time. We should spend <laughs> spend more on stuff people actually care about, like protecting the environment. Forget that fancy schmancy space nonsense. Here we have it. Three options that I'm all okay with because Zane's either going to give me a space military, which I don't want, mind you, but that's funny if he does it, or we pull... This is Paige, the co-host of Giggly Squad, and I want to tell you about a company that I've been loving, Olive and June. Olive and June gives you everything that you need for a salon-quality manicure in one box. And if you break it down, it really comes out to $2 a manicure, which is absolutely insane. It's also so easy to get salon-worthy nails at home with Olive and June. The difference between how your nails used to look when you did them yourself and now with the Manny system is a complete game changer. The best thing about Olive and June, too, is it's a quick dry. Dries in about one minute, lasts for five days, and full coverage in up to one to two coats. Visit oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. That's oliveandjune.com slash perfectmanny20 for 20% off your first system. More money from the military to make space exploration happen and add some environmental protections, or we just spend money on the environment. This is the opposite of the last scenario I had to deal with for Andrew, where there was nothing but good options on the table. Zane, carte blanche, my friend, please. Okay. The Zane Australian option is obviously option number two. But... The American option, I think, is option number three. No, the American option is option two. Because option three is saying to these people they can't do their fun thing, whereas option three is taking away... they can't do their fun thing? If people want to go to space, they can pay to go to space. Um, I think we all know. The American option giant, is definitely taking away from the military and spending multi-headed, elsewhere. headed radioactive dogs roaming about your wilderness. Yeah. 
you you need and your your environmentalism needs some help. And I agree. And option two <laughs> has a boost both to the environment and to space and takes away from the military. I'll take option three, I, but I'm just the yeah, idea that taking away from the military is un-American is absolute poppycock, and you no, know it. I'm not. I'm, what I'm saying is you need military because nukes are being thrown well, around. Well, I've already got no military anyway. And that's why I'm not going to take away from nothing and make it even less yeah. than nothing. I'm, I'm happy for three. <laughs> option one was my least favourite option because it was literally well, fuck I'm the environment. option yeah. number three unless yeah, yeah. anyone's vetoing. No, no, I'm happy with it. Because you still have uranium problems, right? <laughs> I mean... I think you still haven't recovered from that big dive. It, it is going up, but it was a really it was one of those hits that it's like a great wall. It just went straight down. Well, to the this bottom. is a great topic. That's like this, like let's pump into environment. Yeah, no, no but I think Andy's thinking about vetoing. That's fine because you know if I get a space military, you'll be the first to find out how it works, right? <laughs> <laughs> so option three. Yeah, option number three. Loading very slowly. Funding the environment. Over yep. space exploration? The space program has been scrapped in order to focus on more terrestrial pursuits. Policy abolished. Space program. Because I, so I had one. I think the space program is going to be hard if you don't have an internet. I already had a space program. You just got rid of it. Because well, I had done it previously. Obviously, in, your internet wasn't up to scratch. I, um, I hate to be the voice of reason here, oh, no. but humans made it to space, to the moon, to most of the planets as far as uh, uh, robot exploration was concerned, without the internet. Yeah, but can you imagine Can you imagine a, a space weapon system that is reliant on a person being in the actual capsule the whole time making those decisions? No, you can, can you, you imagine can, that person? You can have a remote connection. It doesn't have to be a person the in the capsule. The success of almost every mission outside the Earth's atmosphere before the invention of uh, the internet and radio communications was entirely on the, the, the skills of the astronauts. No, there was, there was constant contact. I mean, all the, all the you know, uh, uh, unmanned missions to, to the planets and all this, how do you think that, that was achieved? That was all done... You know, we made it out of the solar system before 1990... No, I when mean, did when did Voyager pass? Like Neptune. two years ago. No, it's yeah, it only just left the solar system. Oh, did it? Yeah. No. Yeah, it passed Pluto, but then it was it's still inside the. Well, solar it passed system. Neptune because New Horizons was the first craft to yeah. make it. Guys, this is all about world America. Stop talking your uh. fantasy nonsense. Okay, so eco friendliness up thirty two percent. Now, Zane, I actually feel I, I know your intentions were good, but mm. what you did has got the backwards result of what you pitched. Oh no! So primitiveness was up twenty four percent, and we'll go into the downs to see more. Um, tourism up thirteen, cheese exports up ten. Blah 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 blah. As for the downs, so scientific advancement down thirty two percent. That makes sense because you just mm. cut industry, but more so defense forces down twelve percent because you cut an industry that <laughs> was run by the military. So death rate is down nine percent though, which is nice. Why is space exploration being run by your military? Because they're not soldiers. They're military. They're, they're, um, they, can't, they can't use a tank, so they'll use them on rockets instead, I assume. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, death rate down nine, which is good. Charmlessness down seven. You actually made people stupider, though, because intelligence went down 4%. Yep. Mm. <laughs> Fewer books being published. Oh, said there. Yeah, but I did get this lovely thing saying, clean up World America Day is no mess. So I'm assuming we're very clean now. Well, that's why tourism is up. We're rich and stupid. Ah, <laughs> oh, well, speaking <laughs> speaking of the rich and stupid, can't wait. 
In the past few months, there have been a series of high-profile car accidents involving elderly citizens. Oh, no. You're going to have to lock them up in some sort of... <laughs> Can aged people. <laughs> I've had it with the elderly. If Raw's we had banned numbers last week, this wouldn't be an issue. <laughs> Raw's angry motorist Elmo Snape, whose car recently lost a wing mirror to a near blind senior. It's high time the government did something about this. Make all the elderly citizens retake their driving tests every five years from age sixty so that granddads don't go killing someone that his old eyes can't even see. Seems perfectly reasonable. Why don't you want that? <laughs> I am in favour of retesting everybody every yeah. year. But Do in it. lieu of that option being given, no, no, no. you're a crap. This, <laughs> you're a crap. This, no, no. If you're going to implement a, a system where you're retesting drivers because of safety concerns, then that should be universally applied. Okay. But in the assumption that that's not on the table, this option is okay. Well, it's or would you rather all of it or none of it? Because it like, it's like no, no, no. It it assumes that there is a part of competency to driving that is based on age, and driving competency. I would I would argue is age is one of the one of the concerns down the list because some people are just very aggressive drivers, mm. and that makes them much more dangerous than someone who is just old and can't see as well. So age age is is not an important. Not yep. the most important factor as far as competency on the road is concerned. Now you listen here, dearie, interjects your aged grandmother who has complained away past your receptionist and your guards. I didn't work my stockings off when I was younger just so I could have my rights taken away. Your grandfather fought in a war back in... in uh, or July. Maybe, or maybe he didn't. I can't, I can't remember. <laughs> anyway, you've got to show some respect for my generation. Do it for granny, won't you? Well, to be fair, given the, um, the, the uh, lifespan of people in your nation, she's probably one of four people this applies to anyway. <laughs> so, I mean, like, four dangerous drivers is a, is a better stat than what we have, in theory, with all our elderly drivers, right, Zane? Sure. Yeah. So... Option one sets a floor for the mandatory retesting of uh, holders of driver's licenses. Number two says, nah, not going to do that. Mm -hmm. And number three. Is this the final option? Of three. <laughs> okay. Oi, let me talk, yells Dan Jerris, a youth who recently drove his hatchback into the back of your sharp... <laughs> into the back of a sharply breaking nonagenarian's camper van. These old crones shouldn't be allowed on the road. Full stop. Just look at what they did to my car. You should ban anyone over the age of 50 from driving. Leave the roads to responsible, younger people. Again, that's just setting some arbitrary limit and saying yeah. after this age, you can't drive. So the, the rational human in me says option one is allowing everyone to continue driving up to a point that they are no longer deemed competent to do so. It does... Yeah do so from an ageist perspective, but, but if they're it, competent, they can yeah, still drive. But, but it assumes that once you pass your test, you will retain that competency for five years up until age 60. No, no. Oh, you Because mean, yeah, the retesting yeah. starts after age 60. Yes, and I, I will agree that that is kind of unfair, but the issue that I'm being presented with okay. is there is a, heavy, a lot of accidents coming from people over a certain age. Okay. So responding to that directly, I can't respond to them all because no, that's the, the question true. won't let me. Yep. So option one feels like the most reasonable because it does let people that are safe to drive 
with that caveat of that age, continue to do so, That's and true. those that aren't, not. It is merit-based. It's not universally applied, but it is merit-based, yep. yes. So that's where I'm thinking. Submerica, <laughs> it's tough, because in Submerica, it's do what you want unless you're causing harm to somebody else. So we would let we would go option two, but we would you know penalise the shit out of them if they cause an accident that they, you know, in that case there, because they were incompetent and shouldn't have been doing something. It's their choice, but God help you if you hurt (laughs) someone else doing so. I know this is just a a fun whatever game, but it would be really nice to have statistics on what is already being done and how Mm. it's already being managed and and punished. If, If it's simply a problem that there are a lot of elderly people involved in accidents, but they're insured and all it ends up being is an inconvenience for people who have to you know, hire a car or, or, or whatever, um, but it's all being but it's all being sorted and and all above board. Then that's not really something that needs to be legislated away. Mm. Um, can I safely assume that you would rather option one out of all these? Yeah, uh, there is there is a part of me that wants number two. Yeah, uh, just to once you once you pass your driving test, that's it. You you get it. But I think that's a flawed system, and I would in fact be in favour. Even, even personally, me right now of retesting dr- all drivers all the time. Yeah, like every every five years f- to renew your license, you have to go for I another mean, test. We we do have a version of that today. It's not through retesting, but people that have proven to be unsafe drivers through oh, policing, if, yeah, if you lose, lose their your, licenses, that's, that, that's right. There is there is means to take certain unsafe drivers off the road, but but to, doesn't. Get to get their license back, do they have to go through the learner system all, all over again? Depends on how you've lost it, I would assume. Or do um, they simply... That's a very interesting question. Yeah. We should ask Gina's dad. Yes. He would know. Sure, probably. Yeah. yeah. Or the internet. Um, I, I know most <laughs> people that I, I've known who have had their licenses <laughs> suspended, they're normally just like, for a duration of time, then it's back. It's just the suspension is different from losing, lo- losing yeah. your license altogether. Yeah. All right. Um, I mean... I think option one's pretty safe. I don't feel like anyone's rights are being encroached. If they're safe to drive, they will be continued to be able to drive. Yeah, I think number one is an incomplete proposal. Yeah, I, I do agree. You could definitely broaden its scope and it wouldn't be too bad because once again, it's not saying no to everyone. It's just saying if you can't do it properly, then no, which is yeah, fair. But again, if you're going to make it merit-based, then make it merit-based for everybody. Make everybody you know, responsible to continually... Yep prove that they're safe drivers or competent drivers at least. Lock her in, option one. <laughs> old dogs don't have to learn new tricks, but they have to prove they haven't forgotten old ones. Which is fair. Yeah, that's exactly what yeah. we want to know. Uh, and driving laws change as well. You, of course you should be retested on, on that. It shouldn't be assumed that somebody who took their driving test 60 years ago will be up to date um, just because they've been constantly driving the whole time. They can be ignorant. Mm. The Andropoli Sentinel reports national parks proving popular. Most supreme magnificent overlord honoured with a new statue. Ugh, I'm going to have to open a new street for all my statues. Surprise jump in insurance sales. Fear. <laughs> and economics, not everything government says. So insurance is the big uh, winner this week. Up 9.5%. Lifespan, up 1%. Gentlemen. We are 52 in the low mid 50s. We are 53.5. Hooray! On lifespan. <laughs> we did it together. Do you know what you are, Sam? Um, let me find out. Let's check it. I'd be very interesting to I see. I know that. mine 
took a, I mean, back in the day, but mine took a huge hit with the um the nuclear thing, and mm. it's been a slow climb. But let me get it up. And environmental beauty up half a percent. As far as the downtrends are concerned, the death rate is down half a percent. Obesity down one and a half. That's good, although I don't see how it's related. But fine. Maybe uh, fewer drivers, more walking. Uh, perhaps if if mm. people are being yeah, but they're already elderly. Huh. They're they the ones still who still be obese. That's true. Oh, actually, yeah. my license has been climbing. Sorry, I do apologize. Mine started off we'll really low. Check <laughs> I just made a missed fact. I'm gonna we'll get into the exactities. Manufacturing uh, as as a sector is down five and a half percent, and automobile manufacturing down one hundred percent. One hundred percent. This one implementation has again gutted Decimated. auto manufacturing in Andropolia, which Who made knew up that old people licenses the one life string. <laughs> Apparently, only old people yeah. were driving in Andropolia, and it completely gutted the auto industry. That is... Well, they're more likely to be buying like higher-end cars as well, I'd assume, assuming they've made some money. That's unexpected. With all that tax they weren't paying. Who knows? Yeah, or, or it's younger people who are driving are demanding uh, foreign imports. Or what, they don't like the... They saw Tokyo ma- Drift, and they want one of them... Yep. Yeah. Tokyo car, I've not seen it. In they a don't long like time. locally manufactured cars. Which one is of them yellow cars. <laughs> mm, one of them yellow Japanese cars, right? <laughs> sure. So, Australia, Zane Australia's uh, bottom out in lifespan is very early on at 58.74 years. I was 58.5 years. So, we restarted off pretty much the same spot. Well, no, I started off at 59.5 uh. and had a, had, a, had a small drop early on. Then a fairly big jump to up over 67 um, in about a, a month. And there's been a steady climb since then to our current top of 74.4. Oh, you got ages on me. We started, I started on 58.5 and my current top, uh, 64.7. Mm. So Andropolia started off with a lifespan expectancy of uh, 62 and a half, peaking... <laughs> Peaking at sixty-three and a half. Oh, Very go. shortly Something. after that, uh, the lowest was forty-two point six. Oof! Oh, that's caveman level. <laughs> and we are sitting at a near recent high of fifty-three point five five. It has been as high as fifty-five in the last few weeks, but mm. also as low as forty-eight. Wow! So yeah, it's it jumps as you can see. Lot. Yeah, it's yeah. it's jumped up quite a bit recently. Yeah, weird. Maybe the. Uh, Bureau of Statistics in Andropolia uh, just just has a lot of <laughs> just has a lot of staff turnover and there's no consistency in the reporting. I would have maybe l- that's it. Loved last episode if, if we had removed like numbers from your country. If all your stats <laughs> were just like uh, just all flatline, uh, yeah. or or just be a, a shade of whatever, or yeah. just <laughs> like I don't understand. My lifespan is six cucumbers. Well, no, that's but, that's, but, that's but, measuring it. You yeah. can't do that. Yeah, but next time it's just a picture of a cat. Just one cat. <laughs> like, I don't, like, you have to interpret, like, uh, it would have been great. Anyway, I would like that. Well, this has been another week of A New World Order. It sure has. <laughs> we have debated. If you like what you uh, have heard, continue listening to other episodes. Check us out on Facebook and Twitter, uh, where we are A New World Order and A New World Order Pod. Uh, and check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash a new world order. That's right. I've been the Chancellor of the National Council of Saint Australia, Saint Weber, dwelling forever towards the future. 
It's me, Sebastian. I'm the karate kick one doing karate kicks for the name of justice. That's us. Where did that come from? Uh, did you say that is us or that is sus? That's us. Mm. That is sus. That is us. That's us. And I've been Andy Shosler, the most supreme, magnificent overlord of everything you ever saw in the great confederacy of Andropolia, imploring you all, carte blanche, sans plume. Till next time, you doofuses. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc.,